Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, wonderful world. Welcome to the Best Life Cafe. I am one of your hosts, Tim Poma, along with the lovely, ever-pleasant Kathy Anello. Good morning, my dear. How are we this morning? Oh, you are so radio show ready. I swear. That is awesome. Ah, you know, I'm good. I... I'm just like smiling from ear to ear because when when you introduced that, I was just thinking like, this is such a fun thing to do. Like, you know, nobody really knows like our interaction before the show or after the show, but like, I'm just sitting here and I really am sitting in joy right now because of that little introduction and knowing that people are out there listening and that what we can bring them um, might help them. So like, yay. Yeah. Good morning. And it, it sounds like we... We had a great response from our last couple of shows, which is very exciting. Yeah. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it definitely boosts the willpower to get up at 6 in the morning and look through all the things and sit down and re-establish oh, connection with everybody. Well, you know what's funny is I was talking to one of our listeners, shout out Gina, yesterday about the fact that I always say good morning because most of the times our shows are in the morning. But you... Our listeners might be at lunch, or you might be at the evening exercise, or you might be ready for bed. So, good everything. How about that? <laughs> good afternoon, salutations, and good night. Everything. Good everything. Everything's good. <laughs> so, speaking of everything's good, you we were just talking a little bit about uh, you got a royalty check recently for so, your book. Uh, so, so, let's tell the audience about this. And uh, if you don't know, Kathy Lord. is the author of Six Months to Live, and uh, you go, Making girl. Each Day Matter. And, you know, it, I'm sure all our listeners know, but I wrote this book in 2016, 15, 16, released it. So that's been almost five years now. And so the fact that I had one of my better quarters this last quarter, which would have been the last three months, October, November, and December of 2021, and then you get your check you know, like the next quarter, which side story is that for two years, I hadn't gotten a royalty check. And I knew that I had sold books because you can check on Amazon. And I had called my publisher, oh, about seven, eight months ago. And they told me, oh, no, we issued those checks. Well, they went to my old address and I never got them forwarded to me. Thank you so much to the X factor for that. Mm. So I had spent like a long time thinking, wow, I'm just like this, this, this show's over, this parade's over. Like it was a good run and I sold the books I sold and now we're moving on. And then I got this check yesterday. The mailman hands me my mail and I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, it's a royalty check. And I'm like, realized that in, in three months I'd sold 114 books, which to the best selling authors in New York doesn't seem like a lot, but to the self published author who doesn't have a social media you know, platform out there that she really promotes. Like, I was elated to know that that many people might have read this book and somehow it changed their lives. So that was a joy dump for sure. And I had to share yeah, it on social that. media just because I was proud of myself. I was like, happy, like you did this all by yourself. As you should be. As you should be. I, that's very exciting. I'm elated for you. And if anyone could see Kathy's face, she's very animated right now, all smiles, <laughs> dancing around like a, a little bumblebee. 
So today we have a very special treat for you guys. We are going to dive into happiness and joy and what that looks like, feels like, and how you can achieve it. So Kathy, let's just start off with, besides getting a royalty check, what brings Kathy Anello happiness and joy? (laughs) Uh, So many, many things. I think one of the things that I think about joy and happiness besides what it brings to me is that that's something that we all strive for, right? Like we all, like when you, when you wake up, you're like, you guys want to be happy. Okay. Like <laughs> you ask somebody what they want, they want happiness. And so what defining happiness, like what does that really mean? Happiness is a feeling and so is joy. So for me, it's like, how do I bring that feeling into my life. And often for me, it starts with my thoughts. I mean, we've probably driven this home a million times, but it's like I was thinking about how do you get to joy if you're feeling like shit? How do you get to joy if you're going through something that's traumatic, like last week? How do you get there? And I mean, I have a lot on the subject. I actually wrote about it in my book that we just were talking about, but it's about finding the next best thought, right? Like, so of if course. you're sitting here thinking, I feel like shit, I hate this person, this person did this to me, and then you go to the next best thought of, well, you know, the next best thought might be revenge, and then the next best thought might be anger, and the next best thought might be, okay, surrender. And then, you know, like you go up the scale in thought to get to the best thought so that it, it, you can dig out of that trauma. What brings me joy is reading, writing, cattle boarding, socializing with good friends, a good meal, uh, painting, which, you know, by numbers, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but it's like, yeah, it gets that's that fine, it's fine, it's still, you're still doing but something. Making eye movies really makes me happy, like, whenever I, pre- like, make a little movie and I put music to it, I don't publish them, but I make them, and I love them, uh, you know, and so feeling good about myself, feeling good about my clothes, feeling good about how I look, feeling good about the choices I've made, that's what brings me joy and happiness. It's not, you know, having anything tangible, although those are all awesome, you know. But it's really about me and how I feel and what I'm doing to bring that into my life. That's beautiful. You know, I would would just add that I, I believe that the purpose of life is to be happy. And whatever that looks like for the individual, you know, is what it looks like because everyone's idea of happiness is different. It's like we talked about, you know, everyone's definition of everything is different. And so whatever, when we wake up in the morning, the drive, the goal is to be happy, remain happy and stay happy. I think that when I think of happiness and joy, I think that happiness is one of those things that is created through external forces. So for example, catching a bunch of green lights, uh, getting the best parking spot, mm-hmm. getting a text from a loved mm-hmm. one that you you are mm-hmm. in love with. And so happiness comes <laughs> from the external. And I think joy is something that you cultivate within. And if you are really living in a state of joy, then nothing can waver your happiness. And you become even brighter and shinier when those happy moments happen. And that's a beautiful thing. Right, and I think grabbing on to those joy moments and, and, you know, some I learned how I had to relearn 
how to be happy. I had to relearn joy. And this was uh, because I had turned the joy channel off because I was living in such a state of fight or flight all the time that I didn't, I just couldn't find joy. Like I would look for happy moments when I was with my kids or my grandkids during that time of my life, but the joy channel was off. And I was working with someone, uh, a mind-body therapist at the time, and he put me on a 30-day joy jump exercise, which basically for 30 days, I had to take two hours a day and do something that brought me joy. And it had to be just for me. And, you know, I at the time was unemployed, so it was really easy to have those two hours. But it really did open the channel. And so once you kind of open that joy channel inside of you again, if you're feeling like I just can't find joy and I just can't find happiness, I'm going to work every day, I'm humdrum, I'm not in a relationship, or I'm jilted by my lover or whatever it is that's keeping you down, if you do two or even 20 minutes a day for you and acknowledge in your head that this is what I'm doing to bring joy in my life. Like you have to say, this is my exercise for today. For me, it was going out for lunch with a friend. It was hanging out in the hammock. It was going to the lake. It was hiking at the U. It was ever it was to bring joy back into my life. And then once you do that, even if you just try it for a week, it's going to change your life. It's going to open you up. And then it's just like, you know, if you say you're going to see yellow Volkswagens and you see them everywhere, once you open the channel to joy, it will start coming into your life. That's an exercise from E Squared, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, uh, identifying the sources of happiness, the things that bring you joy. You know, that uh, mm-hmm. the book, The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama and Howard C. Cutler, he talks about identifying your sources of happiness, like what brings you happiness and then cultivate those aspects of your life. Um, You know, he, in the book, they refer to kindness, uh, compassion, and friendship as three major sources of happiness. And I don't disagree with those things. I mean, like you, you were just saying that, you know, went to lunch with a friend and it's amazing when you're kind to someone, uh, how much joy you can feel because, if you understand that yourself is just one part of the bigger self, that everything that you give to someone else, you're actually giving to yourself. So it make, it can elevate your level of joy. I know that um, if you're really struggling, a lot of times uh, being altruistic or going and serving someone else, if you're in a suffering place can really bring you a lot of joy as well. Uh, because you're helping the less fortunate, you're helping someone that, you know, really needs it. And to watch their blessings and watch their gratitude come through for you in your act is a very powerful thing. Um, I so book, agree with they, that. Wow. Yeah. They, they talk about eliminating, eliminating sources of unhappiness. So th- this requires mm-hmm. do some real work. Like what, things are around us that are causing us to feel unhappy. It's kind of like in your book where you, you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do this job anymore. Like this is causing me a great deal of unhappiness. And then, yeah. you know, through a big long thing of circumstances, it, it stopped to exist. 
<laughs> Understatement of 2012. No. <laughs> yeah. no, but I think that back on the service part, like I know for sure that being of service when you're feeling like you can't climb out of your own rut will climb you out of your rut. Like if you just go like help a friend redecorate their house or work, you know, you know, your friend's working in the yard and you're like, I'm just going to go help them. Or, you know, that, that like for me, it was the make a wish foundation when I, you know, many moons ago when I was hanging out at ECSF for a couple months, uh, we would see all the kids and we would see the promotions and the programs that they did. And, the joy in kids' faces when they were able to, like, live out this wish, you know, that they had in the most extreme circumstances for them because they were facing death at a very young age. Oh, that just hurts my heart. So seeing that was like, this is where joy is because if they only get a moment of joy, isn't that one moment of joy in your life worth everything if tomorrow's your last day and not to even put it out there like the book or even their situation, but it's just like, we don't know. So every day you find that moment of joy and you rest in peace at night going, well, even if this shitty thing happened today, I had this moment. And identify that moment and put it into your subconscious before you go to bed. can't remember who it is. It might be Louise Hay, might be Abraham, who said, when you lay down in your bed, go over the joy, you know, at night, go over your best moments and let that be the last thing you think about when you go to sleep. I don't remember who said it, but yeah, really just I, letting I was it just gonna say be in your body. Is, is uh, living in gratitude, right? Like being grateful for everything that happens, even the bad stuff, like finding the silver lining inside of all oh. that happens to you on a daily will lead you to a higher state of joy than if you were you know, mad about what had happened that day. And I know <laughs> it's easier said than done sometimes, but it is sure. doable. And you can find gratitude for anything, you know, even death at that point in time. I'm grateful that the suffering is no longer here for this person. I'm grateful that they, you know, got to love and live and laugh and all these things. Like you can find gratitude for anything. And I think that Abraham Hicks also talks about that, reaching for the highest and best thing, like we talked about a little bit earlier. And yeah. gratitude is like gratitude and joy are the highest things that you can achieve and reach for. Um, and so, yeah, just being present with that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Background noise. I thought I had nice lady. volume off. He's a busy lady, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, you know? yeah. Sorry. I mean, you guys, just for like three more weeks, you're just going to have to deal with the fact that I am an interrupted person. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, and you no, know, I, we, I, I was just going to say, we weren't even going to do a show this week. We just squeezed it in. We did squeeze it in because, because it's important to keep going with the things I love. And not that I don't love taxes or people interrupting me at 7 o'clock in the morning, but uh, <laughs> or 7 at night or 11 at night or 5 a.m. Let's, let's just put it all out there. Uh, I understand people have concerns in their life. <laughs> but I think that for on that note, me doing the podcast, me promoting the book, me doing writing, I even, even started to finish one painting I've been waiting to finish for a long time for a birthday present for my grandson. 
And I was like, you still got to find joy, even if it's just a, that I'm in work mode. So doing the podcast is, is joyful. Uh, but one of the things I just wanted to touch on with what you were talking about was uh, an exercise that Abraham gives you. And it's about every time you come up into a thought where you're worrying about the outcome of something. How am I going to pay the rent? Am I going to talk to this person? How am I going to do this? She said, every time for one week that you get a worried thought, you laugh. <laughs> just, just laugh. And she said, in one week, you will understand that the worrying does nothing to change an outcome, but the surrendering of that outcome and living every day in your moment is what brings forth what you need. Yeah. It, I mean, like, amazing. why worry anyways? It'll probably never, ever happen. And actually, usually never right. does. Right. The, the, it's so crazy how our imagination, especially when it's like fear-based, plays tricks on us. Like we are always being a dry witch. As you had, I could quote the, the Ooh, Kathy and Nello. My, my son always tells me that. He's always like, you're, don't say that. You're a dry witch. I'm like, stop it. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> That's so bad. Like, <laughs> when you say it like that, I know, um, like he always says, like if I'll say, oh, you know, do this, he's always like, don't put that out there. And, you know, I'm supposedly more spiritually evolved than him, but he always puts me in check. <laughs> and it's about your thoughts, because I'm worried about him, or I worry about something that might happen. And so, no taken. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I, I needed to hear that for sure. Uh, one of the other things I want to say is there's a quote that I always go back to, and it says, I just want to spend the rest of my life laughing. And the thing about when you're feeling down is laughter will bring you out of any situation, any. Like if you can just find a way to laugh about what's going on, like at the most, I can't control this moment, it's going to take you to a higher level, a higher place in your life. Laughter is like the best medicine. I 100% endorse that. 100%. Last week I uh, was texting with a friend. She was going through some really tumultuous times. And uh, after I did the Like It or Not podcast, I went over to her house where her and her boyfriend were. And she was really struggling. And I just started to make her laugh. And she snapped right out of it. And so then I saw her at the uh, party I went to on Saturday. And she was just all smiles and just thanked me up and down for being there and supporting her and, and assisting her through the, that process. So, and that kind of stuff makes me elated where I am able to yeah. assist someone through something that is difficult or challenging for them and bring my positive little attitude to the <laughs> table. You know, lucky me. Well, what I love about that. What I love about that story is that two days later, she was in a different headspace. And I think if we can remember in those times when we're feeling, you know, mad or depressed or empty or whatever it is, lonely and angry or, you know, that this too shall pass. Like, it's just a little bit of discomfort when in two days, all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, something's going to change that's going to make me feel happy or something's going to change that makes me laugh. And I always say... Go watch Friends, that show Friends, the television show Friends. Like, that show, <laughs> see? Like, I mean, I, 
probably told this story before, but it always sticks in my mind. So if you're hearing it for the 15th time, please disregard. But I was on the plane coming back from Spain watching a movie before I fall or when I fall, and it was a tearjerker, and I was sobbing in this, you know, poor lady next to me couldn't even look at me because she knew, like, this is trouble. And I went to the bathroom, and I went and talked to the little guy because it was like Swedish air, and and I said, I guess I just need a minute because I can't go out there. I can't stop crying over this movie. And he's all, "Um, oh, you better go turn on friends, honey. (laughs) Went back, turned on friends, (laughs) and I was belly laughing 20 minutes later. So I had gone through this, like, as a 14-hour flight. So I had gone through this total range of emotions, but it ended with laughter, and I felt really good. And I was able to, like, feel the emotions that I felt during that sad movie and then feel the emotions that I felt watching something that made me laugh. And it was just an interesting to look back on situation because it really did change my mood. That's awesome. I was going to just talk about like you were, we're kind of talking about suffering now a little bit. And in the book, The Art of Happiness, um, they say that the, the first thing that we must do is accept suffering is a constant and that all living creatures go through it. And if you can find the, the power to confront the, the things that are causing you suffering, then you will reach joy and happiness at an exponential rate, opposed to sitting mm-hmm. in your suffering and wallowing. Like, so what you did was you were kind of not necessarily suffering, but you were sad at that moment in time, and mm-hmm. you found a way to elevate your space, your mind, and yeah. your heart by laughter. And laughter is ah, laughter's so good. Makes me just smile thinking about laughter, and me too. I, you know, one of, I've watched a couple of Dalai Lama videos uh, for prepping for this episode, and when he laughs, it makes me smile so much. And I don't know what it is about this guy. He's just, just the way he laughs. It just really brings me a great amount of joy. And so, uh, you know, if you guys need it's a good contagious. laugh, go listen to the Dalai Lama laugh. He's great. Well, what yeah, they say is contagious. laughter is contagious, right? So if you're in a room full of people and somebody's laughing, you kind of want in. You're like, what's the joke? Like, I want in on this because this looks like it feels really, really good, you know. I always will cherish the people in my life who have made me laugh, and I remember the moments, and I remember, you know, being in the scenes with them. Some of, you know, some of my best moments are in laughter. So go out there, even if you have to turn on a comedy show and listen to a a crazy comedian to get there. If you're feeling down, get to laughter, like start there. I love the idea of starting there. Like what's going to make me laugh? It it brings so much to your body too. Uh, The other thing I wanted to touch back on was we were talking about the silver lining and in, in the teachings that I've been working with, uh, we call it finding the gold. And so a situation happens and it, you know, it might throw you off your game. Like I had a situation that just kind of threw me off my game for a minute. And I was like, and so I was working with somebody about it and they were like, well, what was the goal? And I was like, ah, really no goal there. You know, <laughs> I can't really see that until I did, you know, by myself later reflecting, I was like, well, I got this, 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 and this out of this situation. Now, I wouldn't have guessed that I got those things until I sat down and reflected what was the gold in this situation. And it opened up so many things for me 
by finding the gold in the situation, it, I, I was able to be less harsh on the situation. I was able to be more forgiving. I was able to be more understanding. And I was able to surrender it and be like, okay, whatever that was supposed to give me, thank you. Thank you, universe. Like, I get it. So I think if you can look for the gold in every emotional setback, it is going to bring you to a place place of peace. That's Absolutely. And, you know, <laughs> I just want to add, based upon what you said, is that we should all be really, really nice to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That negative self-talk, those that, I'm not good enough or whatever, you know, it kind of goes back to Don Miguel Ruiz's book about being impeccable with your speech and, uh, you know, using the words that you want to manifest instead of, you know, talking bad about yourself because that's not fun. Uh, You know, there's, there's a great book by Florence Goval Shin called Your Word is Your Wand. And basically everything you utter in your imagination and in out of your mouth can come true. And so we uh, have to, we have to learn reality. to talk to ourselves better. You know, like mm-hmm. say only what you mean and avoid using words to speak against yourself or anyone else. And, and as Florence Goval Shin says, use your words for truth and love. It's a great, that is a great way to find happiness right there. I um, love, I, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And it's hard because you're always in like, uh, you know, if you're a person like me who goes, Oh my God, you can't wear that. Like if you're looking in the mirror, like, you know, girl talk, you're like, no, 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 that that's not working. Uh, instead of just being, you know, comfortable in my skin, I always am a little bit off on, you know, a little self judgment. And so I think that, that's a really interesting thing for me to think, but, but to get to a place where I'm like, no, Kathy, you're great. You're you, who you are. This is what you're feeling today. Like rocket. And that's where I need to get because I have a lot of self judgment, you know, and I know that I know I'm working on that. I think we all do. And it's been societally imposed on us through our education system and stuff like that, because we're taught to judge. I remember when, I was like in high school biology, everyone took off their shoe and threw it in a pile. And then we classified the shoes. And it was funny because we were making judgments on the shoes rather than they were all shoes. Wow. They were all footwear. And I saw that we were being taught to classify things in boxes, put this over there. This goes over here. This is, this is yellow. This is brown, like that kind of situation, instead of seeing that they're all the same. <laughs> so, I I'm gonna I want to do one more Don Miguel Ruiz thing because this has a lot to do with this is always do your best right. So Ooh. your best is going to change from moment to moment regardless of what's happening. It's different when you are healthy than when you are sick, but if you always do your best you will avoid self judgment and you will avoid self abuse and you will respect yourself so know in your heart of hearts that at that very moment you're always doing your best because the truth of the matter is is that we are always doing our best we can't not do our best right and our best will change every single day because uh, if we did are we really now? good are we <laughs> Look, well, I'm like, are we always doing our best <laughs> of course well, we to me. but the reason why i say that is because i 
have observed people who I'm like, oh, my God, you have so much more potential. You have so much more that you get that you can give and you're not seeing it. Like, so that's like the weird thing because I'm that way. But I see it in other people and I think, are they doing their best? Because your best would be over here. Anyway, then that, that's not me judging that's them. Bad. That's just observing. Okay, so that's your observation on them. But what you neglect is where they came from, right? Like you re- neglect right, right. what upbringing they have uh, and you are ouch. not seeing the right. bigger picture. So we have no idea what other people yeah. were raised in or how they were treated. And so yeah. they are doing their best. And, you know, if, if we started to see that and really, you know, build people up, I, I actually have a challenge that I want to give to our listeners. And okay. so I, I was at Costco not too long ago, and I was – it's like everyone ha- still has mask phobia – so when I was walking around and I was smiling at people, people would look down. They wouldn't engage me. So my challenge for our listeners is this is a way to make yourself happier and other people at the same time is I want you to engage people and smile at everyone. Ask them how they're doing if you feel so inclined and see where it goes. And also check in with yourself to see how that feels when you make someone else smile. And then – See if you're happier. That I love that. Yeah, I always love a smile. A smile makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, dang, it's one of it's one of those gifts that you get to give for free. It costs you nothing except for a little bit of energy. And I I think I was reading something that said that it takes like three times more muscles to like uh, I don't know. Uh, skip that. Frown than it is to, it's worse to frown than to smile, but. And yeah, also, yeah, like, you it. can always see as people age, you know, because when you age, you're going to get wrinkles. It is, like, inevitable. But you can tell when a person has been unhappy all their lives or if they've been smiling yeah. all their lives by their lines in their faces. Like, you can look at an 80-year-old woman or a 90-year-old woman, and you'll be like, she lived a happy life. Look at her. She lights up still. Or you see somebody who's really lonely and depressed, and, and, and that's what you see in their faces. So it's, it's a telling thing. The smile is a big deal. It really is. It's a big deal. And, you know, joy, Wayne Dyer said, joy is our natural state. And that is never so apparent as in a brand new baby that comes into the world in wonder, and they don't have the outside world affecting them yet. They just are sitting in a state of joy. They got here. They're like, woo, here we are. Like, I don't know what this journey is going to be, but... Here I am. And, uh, on <laughs> oh, that if note, they only uh, knew. No kidding. Yeah, I'm about to meet a new soul coming into our family in two weeks, and we are ecstatic uh, to, Congratulations. To, to meet her. We just can't wait. I know. So stay tuned, and I'll keep us posted here on the show. So, Tim, thank you so much for the show today, as always. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you, my dear. Thank you. And I want to thank all the we listeners have a little love out fest, there. A little podcast love fest. <laughs> so, yeah, at the um, end of the show, quick, we I like to. I, I want to say that uh, thank you for reaching out and for the invitation to the private event on Sunday night for um, some super awesome healing. And we'll discuss that next week. Uh, I'm excited yeah. to move into this next phase of my life coming down the pike. And uh, stay tuned. I'm going to be living a state of joy, I hope. Yeah, totally. And you know what? The, just so everyone knows, the private event is a sound healing, sound bath. And 
Yeah. It wasn't private until we exceeded the maximum number of people that we could <laughs> maximum have for the viewing. Okay. Clarification. And so, uh, yeah. And I, I guess that made me happy to think I was included in that group, whether private or not, but to be able to to take a part of this, I'm really excited about it. So I'm anticipation yeah. is part of joy, too. You know, like yeah. excited about what's coming. Yeah. You know, that's a whole thing. Like anticipation Man, that's, is actually a pretty fun thing great piece of advice right there is like plan your, something in your future that you're so excited about doing that it brings you joy thinking yeah. about it that is awesome Kathy yeah. way, to, way to end the show right there girl <laughs> on a high All note alright everybody peace out <laughs> have a great, Much great love. week and we'll see thank, you next week thank you for bye. listening